0: As always, please care for yourself during and after listening to the podcast. Thank you. Hello. Today we're talking with Jeff Clark, the author of the children's book, The Patchwork Quilt. Beautifully illustrated, this book explains the story of a quilt that gets torn up into pieces. And each of the pieces of the quilt have a new role to play, but ultimately learn to work together and become a patchwork quilt. It's a beautiful metaphor that explains dissociative identity disorder to outside kids and internal littles. Though I planned to interview Jeff, what I did not plan on was the beautiful love story that he would share regarding his relationship with his wife and their journey through their own discovery and understanding of his wife's diagnosis of dissociative identity disorder. I did also speak to his wife. While I don't air that on the podcast, I did have her permission to share his version of her story. It's pretty special. Welcome, Jeff Clark.
1: Definitely. This is uh, really a, a story about me and uh, my wife and my family. You know, it's a, 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 definitely a, a collective story. Um, my wife and I have been together for about 23 years. We've been married, oh. and we, we, we dated for about six years before that, so... Um, you know we were high school sweethearts
0: that's so sweet uh,
1: it 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 is It was very much one of those uh, uh, fairy tale kind of romances where uh, she, <laughs> she actually was was dating one of my friends yes and i i really really liked her but you know i had i always had said you know no 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 you know she, she's with you she's with you and well when they broke up um we started going out shortly thereafter, wow,
0: and uh, what a story!
1: Yeah, that's uh, she uh, uh, had actually had been she'd actually been sick for quite some time, and um, the school district in the area was uh, homeschooling her. I guess that you'd call it homeschooling. They had a teacher that they would send out to to kids that were homebound.
0: Yes,
1: and home. Yes, and then the, the, the teacher would go around to them, and you know I, you know I had met her and just found her absolutely fabulously interesting, and I also thought, wow, this is this has got to be you know so boring, so sad, so lonely, you know not to have the interactions and be out with, with all, you know everyone else at school, so um, I actually started her, going. You? What's that?
0: You checked on her and didn't you?
1: Yes, yes, I did. So I, I, I started started going over to her house uh, every day after school um, and bringing, <laughs> bringing a, a Scrabble board, and we would sit and play Scrabble.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: So uh, that was, uh, I guess you would say, our, our courting for a while. And then her health improved where she started being able to come in for, um, for some classes. Um, and... Uh, when we actually started to—I'm doing air quotes here. I know everyone can't see that. When we actually started to date, date um, <laughs> was the uh, the the first time that uh, I ever skipped school. Um, she had told me that she needed to talk with me about something, and uh, we went out and we talked, and she was she told me that um, she had been sexually abused. Oh no. And yeah, and so my. You know, my first reaction was, you know, have have you talked with uh, your parents? Have you, you know, talked with authorities? What, what are you doing? And, you know, she related that she knew something had happened with her biological father, but um, she didn't know what had happened. Wow.
0: She was already dissociating.
1: Yes, yes. Um, you know, I didn't have those words. And oh, yeah. at that point, I... I Always took it, or in my mind was more of, oh, um, this is something she doesn't want to talk about. This is this is you know she, something has happened, um, and it's just too much for her, you know, and she she's dealing with it in her own ways and. Um,
0: so you understood she's... it like she didn't want to talk about it because it was too hard, not yet realizing she literally couldn't talk about it because. the
1: dissociation correct correct and that was it it was interesting because you know as we were getting to know each know each other and and talking and you know those when you're forming those those relationships especially early there's a lot of time just i mean we spent hours upon hours sitting out on her front porch talking i was i was always surprised you know as we would talk about things i would bring up you know, things from pop culture or things from the past, things that, um, you know, people our age really should have and know as like touchstone things.
0: Right, right. And
1: there were so many things that would come up that she would say, no, I, I don't remember that. Um, no, you know, I, you know, and she, she would say, I don't remember my childhood. And again, I always took that to mean, oh, I don't want to talk about my childhood. So, uh, she started to go to group therapy and, um, I was taking her and I was actually taking her mom too. She had, uh, she was going to a a group also because, you know, there's all all kinds of, you know, issues that the rest of the family had, had to deal with. Um, so I, I was their chauffeur for, you know, a a good two years Wow. and, um, you know, after, uh, you know. 12 months in, 24 months in, she started saying, no, I'm not really sure if, if this is helping. And then finally she said, you know, th- this isn't doing anything for me anymore. It's it's stirring up, you know, more negative within me than it is helping. I-, I don't think I need to do this anymore.
0: Wow. And that's so common with people with dissociative disorders or trauma anyway, especially when they're not yet being treated for the trauma. Because... Right like there's so many of us that have been through so many therapists or so many different programs trying to find the right help until someone knew what was going
1: on. Right. Right. So, um, you know, at that point she, she stopped, she stopped going into, into therapy and, you know, we were, um, really kind of moving into another stage of our lives as we were going off to college and, uh, you know, she, she excelled in college. She, you know, uh, had a, had a 4.0. She was actually the, the valedictorian, um, and wow. seemed to be doing very, very well. You know, we, uh, uh, went to college at the same, same place. And after four years, you know, I, I had always, I had told her parents and my parents, um, you know, we, we wouldn't get married until uh, I had good health insurance and a job that could <laughs> could support us. Oh. So uh, uh, once once we got to that position, you know, we, we got married. Um, we we moved off. Life was, uh, you know, very Norman Rockwell. I would say. Um, you
0: guys went through so much before you even got married.
1: You, you know, the 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 interesting thing. Um, is there was there's a lot that i hadn't haven't brought up yet because we we did go through a lot um my wife was dealing with a lot of physical problems which i kind of touched on earlier that um you know she was being uh homeschooled or uh whatever they whatever they called it through the the uh the school district
0: the homebound
1: um homebound yes thank you that um uh, she was having lots and lots of very serious health problems and you know looking looking back now on those things I see them in a very different light than I do now but she had um, debilitating headaches all of the time and had gone to specialist after specialist um, They initially had, diagnosed her with, they said she had chronic fatigue syndrome. Then they said she had systemic lupus. Um, And then, you know, as we went further down the line, uh, you know, this this continued on after we had graduated from college, after we had gotten married, she was still having these terrible headaches. So um, we started seeing uh, neurosurgeons and um, for for quite some time, and by quite some time, I mean two years, uh, almost every Friday, we were going to the ER, and she was having a spinal tap um, wow. to, to release fluid and pressure in her head, and that's that's how bad they were. And this coming from uh, someone who I, I had a terrible fear of needles being to the point where, you know, doctors actually had me assisting with the spinal taps, holding <laughs> holding things at one point. Um, so um, she was going through all of these, these physical issues um, and they that she had a uh, pseudotumor cerebri, which is, a, you know, essentially looks looks like a, a tumor in your brain, but it's not, the long story short of it is they, they started putting in all of these different shunts to control the pressure within her head. Um, and quite literally, she had over a hundred different surgeries for revisions, replacing and changing these, these shunts out over, you know, a three, four year period. That's Um,
0: wild. I have a son with a shunt. And
1: we've only had to replace it twice, and he's 10. Wow. That – there there was a, a point where uh, uh, almost an infamous – I mean, my, my wife and I laugh about it now. Uh, but we had been at a Blockbuster video just to, to date this story uh, on a Friday. <laughs> got Had gotten Chinese food, and I looked down, and her shirt was wet where – the um the shunt had had ruptured and was actually leaking out through an incision when three weeks later after she had another revision literally the exact same thing occurred as we had gone and gotten chinese food had gone to blockbuster video i looked down at her shirt and she looked at me and it was one of those one of those moments of i don't know it I would say euphoria is a feeling because but that's a positive thing this was like a joining of our minds in this is a terrible terrible thing but all we can do is stand here and cry and laugh and blockbuster video because it's happened again right so wow. you know she, she was going through all of these things and looking at it now um, I I can't blame the doctors in any way, sh- shape or form, you know, uh, they have specific trainings and they, I don't know if it's a kind of hubris, but people look at things and everybody wants to be able to fix things and tends to see things within whatever lane they drive in. Right. So you know, you, you, you have a, uh, you have a broken, uh, garbage disposal. You, you call the electrician and he's going to want to replace. The, the motor on on the garbage disposal, you call the, the plumber, and he starts working on unclogging the pipes. And that's what I really feel was happening with us, is we were seeing these, these different specialists. Everyone was coming up with a diagnosis, telling us how they could fix it, and we were going through all the ropes of having them fix it, but none of them really were seeing the real problem. And we weren't going to see the problem for another, you know, 14, 15 years, and I only looking back on it now can kind of understand it wow. so we were going through all of these things with her her physically to the point where they actually did um what they call a cerebral decompression where they
0: yeah
1: re- they removed um uh pieces of her of her skull at one point they you know did the cerebral decompression i mean some pretty pretty heavy duty surgeries that's serious so Yes, so all of this was going on over a course of, you know, call it seven years, and we finally had reached, and despite all of that, I would say we had a, from our side, you know, our point of view, a very, you know, great life.
0: That makes sense too, why you would want to make sure you had health insurance before you got married.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, things moved on, and uh, after the cerebral decompression, my, my wife started feeling better, she would still have these headaches, but they weren't, you know, they weren't as intense as they had been before. And, you know, we kind of moved into a new stage of, of our lives where, you know, we, we had our, our first daughter, uh, then we had our, our second, then we had our son. Um, my wife uh, was an elementary school teacher. And uh, when our kids came along, decided that um, she wanted to homeschool. Oh, so, no, we did uh, that
0: too. It's very
1: intense. <laughs> yes, very, very intense. But you know, she she put herself into that um, just as much as she had with uh, her studies and with everything else. And uh, you know, she she did that for you know almost 13 years. Wow. Um, And putting her, putting her all into it. And, you know, I would always say she, she was holding herself to, uh, higher standards than anyone else ever would. Um, and looking back on it, you know, I see a lot of other reasons why, you know, I can, I can see that part of this was, um, a cocooning for protection for herself and for uh, the kids also.
0: Right, right.
1: So then, um, Oh, about about three years ago, um, one of my wife's abusers passed away, and uh, at the same time, my my oldest daughter uh, was reaching puberty,
0: um,
1: and I know my wife was putting a lot of additional pressures on herself with with the homeschooling, and uh, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, she had. A, a breakdown or or maybe a, a, a breakthrough.
0: I love And that. I really really love how you said that. And as I shared with you before, that's very similar to what happened with us that the we were homeschooling and that was such an intense experience. it was in part to protect our children and in part to protect ourselves and our parents died and all these other things where we finally we just fell apart it, yeah like, yeah I, I mean it's it, ultimately what god has helped but in this i mean a very parallel way that's exactly what happened to us
1: it, it, it's interesting you know um i i don't know a lot of people with dids but from you know my chats with people on on the boards and things like that it's amazing to me how you know looking back how many parallels i find in our story and and others yes. um you know from the the uh, you know the physical problems that she had to the, the you know uh, hyper focus um excelling um
0: right right you
1: know it, it's uh it's very very interesting to you know i I see things clearer now than i did as i was living through them
0: right Um, you know so much now about what was going on then that you didn't know at that time
1: right exactly so so um you know as as this happened i I very quickly realized that there was more going on um and um, almost instantly I knew that this was relating back to um, her childhood and the abuse from her childhood.
0: Come from breakdown, the hospital. What? Where did you figure that
1: out? Uh, I, 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 I actually connected that when she had the breakdown, um, because quite, quite frankly, the the reaction that she had. Um, she barricaded herself into a, into a corner and was pulling furniture and things over top of herself and it was one of those instances of okay she's she's trying to protect herself from something um and it's not something that she's dealing with in the now
0: in that moment you could just see
1: you yes knew. yes and and ac- actually the my my first reaction uh surprisingly wasn't wasn't to call uh, you know an ambulance or to call a doctors i i called her sister who had gone through you know this the childhood also right. and i i said you know i this is what i think is happening and um she's actually in the medical field she drove out to our house and, and she she was like we, we need to get her we need to get her in um she's not in a safe place right now mentally now what what i didn't know because um you know one one of the I, i would almost say one of the defining parts of uh dids is is secrecy now be that internal secrecy or um you know ends up becoming an external secrecy now because of the stigma and things that we are we are trying to change but um her sister actually has dids and had been diagnosed with dids some time ago. Oh, wow. I never knew that. Never knew that, which, you know, surprised me because we are, we are a very close family.
0: So at this point in the story, when she's coming over to check on your wife, she had already been diagnosed mm-hmm. herself?
1: Yes, she had.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Yes, she had. And quite quite frankly, it's one of those things, too, where, you know, looking looking back on it, you know there's there was things and uh things that she did and behaved that now i see very differently right. than i would have that you know um yeah it, it's been a quite an eye opener so you know we, we took my wife in and as i you know i'm sure many of your listeners have dealt with the mental health facilities can can be some pretty bad places at times um
0: they're so brutal you know, and we need them in emergencies but trauma specific or they don't know what they're seeing then they don't get it and it's really really causing problems
1: it's really, really traumatic yes you know that's the the, the er definitely was the the Place. You know, I understand that they didn't have the the tools to uh, to see this or or know what they were dealing with. I mean, quite honestly, you know, m- my wife didn't know, and she'd been <laughs> she had been dealing with it for, for years upon years upon years. Yeah. But the you know just general uh, mental health uh, what guidance wasn't there. So she ended up in in a, a place that uh, was not was not really good for her Uh, it was not a setting that would make her feel safe in any form or fashion Uh, it was mainly a place that worked with people with addictions issues you know so there was there was a lot of yelling and a lot of angry people and uh, a lot of doctors who seemed like they were at the end of their ropes from dealing with (laughs) with yelling and angry people how Um, terrifying and it it was it it was it was a it was a terrifying place for her, um, you know. It was a it, honestly it was a terrifying place for me because it was not where I would want my wife to be. Right. Um, right. I had a terrible time getting getting any information or you know any guidance from these doctors, um, and and quite frankly, some of some of them said things and came across you know dealing very, just very very rough. I mean, you know, one uh, one of her doctors described her condition as déjà vu, which I I was what? like I that 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 is not a medical condition condition. What are you what are you talking about? And he said, well, you know, she's she's very dramatic here. And I was like, what? What, what do you mean? And he said, Well, I, I can see that there's there's some dissociation going on with her, but there's a lot of drama in her, which to me either equates to, uh, to, to how I read that was, I, I don't believe what's what's going on with your wife. She's just, you know, uh, making a, a big scene.
0: Right. Right.
1: That was that was. That was what the I don't know if that's what he meant but in the brief five minutes and literally that was about the amount of time that I got with him was five minutes and um, the the one nugget that he threw out there was I know that there's dissociation going on
0: even though the rest of it was so infuriating and disrespectful at least you have that word
1: like a piece to the puzzle it, it, exactly exactly and but you he know didn't explain uh,
0: that or, or elaborate at all
1: no no he didn't no he didn't you know and i i talked i was able to talk with some of the the people that were working there on the floor and they were they were telling me you know hey we're we're watching over her and you know it's like well what what's going on and they were like well she's she's okay but she's she's sitting a lot by herself and you know she's she, she uh, will only sleep with her bed on the floor against the wall and you know you know, just a, a lot of they were giving me a little little tidbits of information, um, you know, but I, I very quickly at that point was like, OK, I've got to find a, a way to get her out of here and get her to someplace that is more apt, uh, more able to to help her along. So, um uh, you know I, I did work with <laughs> work with some other uh, providers in the area and as I mentioned my, my sister-in-law is in the medical field and so she helped steer me in the right direction oh, and uh, uh, I was able to get her transferred to some place that uh, was m- much much better suited that's and amazing.
0: Uh, that's really hard to do
1: it it, it was Um and it was one of those periods where they, they kept saying, well, you know, if she can, if, you know, if, if she makes it through these next two days, then we'll send her home. And I was like, wait, you know, she, she, I don't think home is the right place for her right now, as much as that pains me to say. Right. You know, home home isn't where she, where she needs to be. But I sure as heck know she's not supposed to be here.
0: Good for you.
1: You know, um, and, you know, I, I finally went in with, with the paperwork saying, you know, listen, she, she is coming out. She is under my supervision. We're, you know, I, I am taking her elsewhere. Cause she cannot stay in this place any longer. And I've what got it set do? up that she's going someplace else.
0: You're everyone's hero right now. For testing her <laughs> <out of there. laughs>
1: it, it was just, uh, it was a hard situation and this, this was just making it worse. So, um, we were able to get her to move to someplace else. And, uh, and, you know, they worked with her and she was, you know, stabilized. Um, and uh, I had, you know, some doctors there who uh, were very helpful. Um, and at that point, no one was saying dids. But, you know, they were saying, you know, asking, well, did, does she come from an abusive background? Or, you know, what do you know? You know, they were giving me little breadcrumbs along the way about what was happening.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And it, it wasn't until, um, you know, she got out and was, was released and was able to come home. And that was that was a whole n- another level of trauma because it was, you know, she didn't feel ready to. Right, um, right. But, you know, very quickly when, when she... Came home. I, I mean, the the very first night, I, I remember her her walking out uh, of our our bedroom and just staring at our front door, just staring at our front door, and then walking back to me and she just broke down crying, and I, I, said, I was like, "Sweetie, what's wrong?" And she said, "I I don't remember putting the shirt on. I don't remember putting the shirt on." I was like, "Okay." She said, "I went in." To, to 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 put on some clothes and i've got to take this off and it was it was a strange reaction to me because i mean it was just like you know a comfy t-shirt and jammies right. but it was so it was so foreign to her at that point
0: she was really because
1: stressed. yes yes I, I remember her going in her going in and changing into something else and you know, at, at that point, um, we started looking for, you know, some, some longer term therapy. She was, she was going into, um, a day hospital, a partial, partial day, right. um, to, to kind of help work with things. And there were, there were a few instances there where, you know, um, you know, it, they, they called me one day because, um, she was under it, under a table, and wouldn't come out. And um, another time, where you know she like was hiding in the bathroom, and it was strange because you know, eighty percent of the time she was just the normal woman I always knew, and then it was like a a switch had been turned, <laughs> and yes, and uh, and suddenly. You know, um, she, she didn't know what, what was going on. I mean, she she was very concerned that she was just crazy. And that's that's what she she said over and over again. You know, I, I don't want want to go home. I think I'm crazy. You know, I I don't know what's happening. You know, you know, very, very just torn apart and confused. And, you know, that little little kernel that that had been dropped earlier uh, with the word dissociation and the things that some of the doctors had mentioned along the way and what was happening with her, you know, uh, you know, under a table or, or wandering around the house. Um, and I didn't mention it that before, but that was something also she she had always been prone to sleepwalking and had never you know, the, uh, that had happened for the years upon years. And, uh, I used to always tell her, you know, you're doing strange things at night. And she'd be like, what do you mean strange things at night? And I'd say, sweetie, I would I would look over and, you know, your arms were up and it looked like you were writing or it looked like you were drawing in the air. And she always just thought I was, <laughs> I was making it up. So, you know, there, there was a lot of history that I had to draw upon that when I had that word dissociation and I started looking into it. I thought, huh, there, there's something more here. This, These pieces are, are falling into line with this dissociative identity disorder. And then, you know, while she was in, in the hospital, I, uh, I I came across a, a stack of, of papers over under her journal that um, it wasn't her writing, but it was there in her journal. And then... I, I found, you know, a couple different names in that, and then strangely enough, um, while she was in the uh, the day hospital, you know, one of the things that they have them do there is is journal and do these workbooks, and flipping through that one day, lo and behold, I found found the same writing and the same name, and it was like bingo, this this is what's going on. This is what's going on. So at that point, you know, I was able to start having a more intelligent discussion with the the doctors and the therapists, and say, Hey, have, have you guys looked at this? Is this what's going on? And they were pretty much in agreement at that point. Yeah. They started saying, You know, this this does this fits um, this fits with what you're dealing with now. You know, me figuring it out and then her figuring it out is like two separate worlds apart,
0: you know? Uh, <laughs> right, right. You had a diagnosis at least, or she did, and you knew about it at that point.
1: Right, right. Um, and me knowing about it and the doctor saying it didn't mean that she believed it in any form or fashion. Right.
0: Um,
1: you know, that
0: that seems to be consistent too that it's really difficult for some of us to accept that that's what's going on
1: yeah well you know I mean in full honesty even as even as I was learning it I was like okay this this isn't real this can't be right you know Um, because it was such a, a, a foreign concept and you know, then as you start looking at it and researching it and go wow you know this you know even even though I had the facts and the pieces and things lined up for me it was still something that um, took uh, I, I wouldn't say a leap of faith but it, it it definitely took some time for me to fully absorb to realize and understand and say yes yes there, there was a, a lot of things al- along the way you know um, you know people that I, I talked with that were you know counselors and things who had uh worked with people with, with dids um you know and most of them you know had a couple of them had worked with a few people with dids and then one who uh, I I met online who uh, specialized in working with dids and um he kept he kept giving me things little bits of information and then I would I would see those things um happening and I mean, all, it was, it was strange because it, he would say something to me and then it was almost, it was almost precognitive, you know, it wasn't, but you know, within two or three days, it would be like, oh, wait a minute. That's just like what he was talking about. You know, I, I can wow. fully see this now. So, you know,
0: Like I, putting I, on glasses and it was there all
1: the time. Yes. Yes. Very, very much so. So that, as that picture became clear for me, um. Then it was really uh, uh, the process of okay, how can I make this clear for her, and how can we figure out how to how can we figure out how to normalize this for everybody in her? Because you know, uh, I I don't want I don't want anyone to wake up and be confused and not know where they are and wandering around the house, you know. I I don't want someone to to be scared because they don't know what shirt they're wearing.
0: That's really huge. That's a hard, hard place in the very early days of getting diagnosed and trying to sort of spread the word, so to speak, about what's going on and orienting everybody and getting everyone on the same page and rescuing some of those that are more internal or less present in the now time, like in the present day it's a real challenge doing what you're talking about to make them feel safe and oriented and know where they are and what's going on.
1: It, yes. You know, that was, and you know, I thought, I thought the challenges with my wife would be, would, were, were difficult. And then, um, and then I met my first part, <laughs> which I don't, I don't know necessarily know if that's the, the word that everybody likes. I, I had or, you know, uh, family member right
0: another insider
1: insider well in, insider who became an outsider right, you know exactly
0: um, there's so many there's so much language and everyone has different preferences
1: yes and and you know that that's that's a challenge because you know some people get very entrenched in which words they they want to use
0: you'll see on the online groups and on the forums you'll see Someone will say, "I found out I have DID, and that I've got these parts." And they're like, "And you're also a part, sweetie." <laughs> right,
1: right, right. Oh. So that was, um, you know, that that was the the, the language. Actually, I, I think is is one of those those challenging things that uh, we, as a as a DID's community, I guess we would say, um, need to be very. Kind and very soft with each other because it's, it is such a such a journey, um, and people are at different spots along the journey and how they are working together. Yeah. Um, There's
0: room so compassion it, there. There's room for yes.
1: compassion. Yes. 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 And and that that's, that's uh, funny you you say compassion because you know that was one of the the first challenges or, or or I would actually say breakthroughs that, that I had. So uh, I met, you know, the first person that came out and uh, she was very young. And we have there's horses that our neighbors have. And I had been driving with my wife. She was just staring off at these horses and listening to the music on the radio very loud. And we talked for a little bit, and I realized, okay, this, this is somebody else now. Yeah. And it was a very, very good experience. Um, and later on, I, I learned that she was she was kind of sent out to be uh, the, the guinea pig, if you will, because she's someone who normally doesn't talk. And others were putting her out to see if it was a, a safe time to be out. Testing and waters. Then, Yes, testing the waters, testing the waters, and, and then very shortly thereafter, um, I, I met someone who, again, use, using the words of dids, would be uh, a protector or um, I guess you could also say the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. She, she was the one who said that she, she, she knew the way in and out and could let people in and out. Oh, wow. And initially, initially was a a very hard person to work with. I mean, was very much stuck in the past. And I think that and that's understandable, you know, Um, in in the language of of deads, you you would say that my, my wife had pretty much fronted or driven for, you know, almost 30 years there were instances where others had probably popped in and out, but you know, she, she was, she was driving the bus. She had been driving the bus for a long time. And there were a lot of others who were very much living uh, in the past and past trauma and and coming from, yes. And coming out of, of those experiences. And you know, one, one of the, one of the things I always say when, um, when people are are, are talking about uh, headmates or alters or whatever you want to say, and are talking about, you know, I, I'm always seeing posts where, where on a lot of the supporters boards who are people are saying, you know, I'm having a hard time dealing with this particular element, this particular person. Right. Um, and I, I always pull it back to the analogy of a soldier at war, when when a soldier comes back, Oftentimes, they have they have seen terrible things. They've been involved with terrible things, and there's that PTSD. There's that shell shock, right. and they have been shaped. They have been shaped by those those experiences. And I, I know that, and I understand that. I 150 percent, with all of my being, can appreciate everything that that soldier has done and be grateful for what they've done and i will give them the love and the honor for the battles that they have fought right and i will and i will give them compassion and space to try to normalize now that they're not in those battles
0: oh you made me cry <laughs> that's really powerful i appreciate you sharing that
1: i think it's one of those I think it's it's powerful because I think it's true, and I, I think it's something that that um, is an easy way for everyone to understand. Um, you know, by by the same time, you know, I, I also say, you know, and and with that, you know, you you still need to hold that 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 soldier. You need to hold that person. You still need to hold that part responsible for their actions. This is not this is not about absolving someone for responsibility for what they do but this is this is about giving people space and compassion to to live and to heal when when initially you know this one part came out and was had it was just not not cooperating not uh now i wouldn't even say cooperating but just wasn't wasn't being very nice right. you know um sure. i ha- i had the discussion of what, what why did you do what you did? The reply was, well, she, my wife, was little, and I couldn't let that happen. And, and I said, okay, well, you have just gone and on and on about how you know terrible this world is and how that gives you the right to be terrible to everyone else. But you have just shown me an example of pure love. And that is the kind of person... That is the kind of person – I'm going to cry now – that is the kind of person that I want to be. My that is the example. i blown so right now. <laughs> that, that is the kind of person that I want to be, and that is how I try to live my life. So when you're saying that the world is this dark and evil and terrible place, I understand it because I know that that's what you've come through. But you have already shown me by your example that that is not the way this world is, because that is not what you are operating out of.
0: Oh my goodness. You just completely turned the world upside down. Like I don't <laughs> even know how to process what you just said. I have no intelligent <laughs> response because so many things are happening in my head right now.
1: That, that realization, that discussion was turning point for, for me and for my wife And for her understanding of of dids and for how we were going to live and be with this, Um, you know, because there's there's so much confusion within a person with dids. There is um, that that denial within oneself of this this. I really don't have this, this can't be happening. You know, the, these voices are just, this is me being crazy. There is the, the guilt that comes from uh, a mom who has, uh, you know, been been homeschooling, who suddenly can't. There is so much going on and we had to re-ground ourselves of, okay, this this is who we are. This is what we are going through. Let's let's understand it. Let's let's treat ourselves. Let's you you treat everyone in there the way that you have lived and want to treat others. And this will help us manage through this. This will help us understand. And it has um, it is, you know, it is not a uh, it's not always an easy process. You know, there's there's always been been challenges along the way because um, I, I like to talk about the reality of now, and I know this isn't this isn't the reality that everyone has, but I always talk about you know what the reality of now is that that you are safe, everybody is safe, you are loved, you know everybody is loved, and you you are secure and you are you are secure you know that's not because that's not because of of me but that is because of where you are in time and space you know that is where all of you have gotten yourself to you know it, it it's, it's been a team play this whole time this is this has all been a group effort to get to where you are and let's let's acknowledge you know the the spot where we're at and let's also you know see how we can continue to work together to grow you know to live to be to be happy let's acknowledge yes terrible things happened in the past and let's make sure that no one's living in the past though okay let's make sure so that no that you, no one's holding on to
0: you have again just blown my mind That's so empowering and it's so powerful. The listeners of the podcast know that one of the things our therapist has taught us is that now time is safe. And I could add to Mm -hmm. that that one thing our husband says a lot, that the husband says a lot to everybody is you are safe, you are loved, like now time is safe, like trying to practice that. And so it's been this mantra for almost a year on this podcast, now time is safe, now time is safe. As if we say it enough times, we'll believe it. But you just yeah. took that and put it into perspective <laughs> as a gift we had already given ourselves. Like that, this was the whole point. Yes. Like we've made it. Yes. Well, I'm yes, exactly. Sure I'm healed. I don't know about you guys, but I know about
1: <laughs> it. <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's funny because on on a very practical level, um, one one of the things that um, one of the things that I, I did. When uh, my wife came back from the hospital is my children and I uh, covered the wall of our, our bedroom, a floor to ceiling in uh, pictures, framed pictures, um, because I thought what, you know, what a great way to actually have and acknowledge, you know, not just where we are, but also where we've been, you know, uh, so that. No matter who who is waking up, because very often it's it's somebody else. They can turn and look and see, and you know we have positive pictures from from their childhood. We have you know pictures of our, our journey along the way. This is crazy
0: because we did that too. That's another parallel we have. Our bedroom <laughs> wall we covered in photographs and put even like these are the names of the kids and these. are the- Yes,
1: yes, yes. Oh, there's, my there's there's there's. That's funny you said because there, there's post-it notes on
0: yes. on picture
1: little yes. arrows of. I yes. feel
0: so less crazy now. I'm so glad <laughs> I talked to you. <laughs> you, you.
1: You know what? There, it, it was funny, uh, just on on a a funny kind of practical note. You know, there there was a there was a phase, there was a time where, and I've heard this from many people, where mirrors were a terrible terrible issue for my wife. Right. You know. She, she and and I've, I a thousand percent can understand that, um, you know, suddenly looking in the mirror and going, wait a minute, that's that's not me. Who is that? And, you know, having, having anyone, you know, some someone who hasn't driven. I, I use the term driven instead of front very often. Someone who hasn't driven in a long time, suddenly looking at it going, wait a minute, that 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 looks like an adult. That looks scary, you know. Um, so there there was a real challenge with mirrors. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, after finding my wife a number of times glass-eyed in front of it or, you know, recoiled in fear because of it, I was like, why don't we just get rid of the mirrors for a while?
0: That's amazing.
1: And, and she looked at me and she was like, y- you would do that? I was like, hey, sure if, if that's what it, it takes to help sure so we, we we took down the mirrors for a while that's amazing and, and you know it, it was one of those things like you know oh, here let's 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 start if if we need look here's a compact and it has a mirror you know, and it's sitting folded up over here. Somebody needs it, and also it's a great way to reacclimate. You know, they got to a point where she was, okay, I, I, I want to get used to mirrors. Which I know people outside of the community would be listening to this and thinking, what, what's he talking about? But it's, it's something that needs to happen. So she would look at the little mirror, and it was something small that she could control. So there, there's a lot of like little practical.
0: That's brilliant. Things, That's an exposure <laughs> kind of therapy.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That she. Uh, so, it, it, anyways, you know, uh, it got to got to a point where my my wife was uh, feeling much more comfortable, and you know, we had had that that discussion and that that breakthrough, and honestly, that made it much easier. Now there was there was challenges along the way, um, but one of the one of the things that, uh, you know, I knew was, uh, just really, you know, tearing at my wife was how do I how do I talk about this with the kids? What's the discussion there? Because this is, this has been, uh, you know, the a, a nuclear bomb in their lives.
0: You mean your outside kids?
1: Correct. Okay. Correct. Just clarifying. Correct. <laughs> I'm glad you did I'm glad you did um, you know how how what can we do to have this you know what can we do with this what kind of discussion can we have and um, I I I am very much open and honest kind of person I think that especially especially with with dids I think that's really important right. um, you know because it's again there's, there's so much of this is is just about hiding hiding of of memories hiding hiding of uh the past um and then you know even now it's uh there's still much so much of a hiding because of what's portrayed out in the culture um you know i i didn't want i didn't want to keep this from the kids but at the same time i know that that this is this is hard for adults to understand this is hard for for medical personnel to understand and there has been so much uh, negativity over the years in dealing with this um, and, and talking about multiple personality disorder or, or DIDS. Um, I knew I wanted to be able to talk with my kids. So I started looking around, trying to find some resources.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and, um, I found uh, a few books that were a little bit older, you know, written, you know, late 80s-ish. And I, I bought them off of Amazon. Um, and quite frankly, I found them a little scary. Um, you know, they, now that's not, not to say they weren't dealing with truth because, you know, there, there's, uh, this, this, it's scary and confusing. You know, Lord knows it's scary and confusing for someone with DIDs and it, it can be, you know, just as much for all of us on the outside. That's understandable. But the, right. the, the resources the resources that I was finding were really reflecting um were reflecting too much that, that scary side. And I was like, this is not how I want to be able to talk about it. You know, every book I, I picked up had, you know, some scary black and white picture of someone staring in into a mirror with You know someone else staring back and while I had gone through that and I acknowledged that that is a reality that wasn't the reality and how I wanted to talk about it with a kid right? because uh, I I didn't want to to feed into um, kind of the the, the culture of, of fear
0: looking for something that is accurate but also focused on the healing and what you said earlier about normalizing like this is where we're at and what we're gonna deal with not yes just the fear and the terror of the past like that's the whole point of getting better right
1: yeah exactly i mean even as a family exactly this is this is this is all about um you know survival which is positive this is about this is about healing and about a way forward and and i wanted to to be able to uh to be able to talk about that with with my kids, so you know, I looked around and I couldn't find any any great resources. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I will say, uh, uh, Jade Miller's books. I don't know if you've looked at any of those. Were some that I, I found, which they are, are very good to talk to insiders. But I was looking for something really to talk to outsiders.
0: Right.
1: Um. So I I started thinking about well, how how do I want to have this this conversation with my kids and uh because you know obviously you know they they, they know mommy's been been in the, in the hospital i mean she's spent, had two or three different stents at the hospital you know they, they they know that things have changed we need to be able to talk about this and i had a i don't know another aha kind of moment or an awakening moment when the, the first time i sat down and talked with my uh my oldest daughter and and talking to her, and she said, "Oh, wait a minute. Multiple personality just I remember seeing this, seeing this, this is like that thing that I saw in Mori Povich. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: And I had to kind of grip teeth now, i I have not gone back to see what what was on or what was presented, but I know from <laughs> I know from seeing the Mori Povich show before that it would not be the kind of serious discussion. Uh, or coming from the kind of place that I wanted to have the discussion coming from. Right. So I thought this I, I I need I need to I need to do something. I need to uh
0: You need a different forum.
1: Yes. I, I need a different forum. I need need a different kind of narrative. So um I thought, you know what, I, I'm going to I'm gonna write a kids book. Good for you. <laughs> so the the uh you know, my, my youngest uh, just turned six, and my my oldest turns 15 tomorrow, which I cannot believe.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: Uh, yes, that's it's, it's uh, she, being able she's gonna be able to start driver's training soon, and it just blows my mind. Wow. It just blows my mind. The 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 story or the the genesis of the the patchwork quilt also ties back into to my my wife and. In her story and her healing, because I mean, really, the uh, the you know this is all really her her story, and I mean that both in a figurative and in very many ways a, a literal sense, because uh, the the story actually this is, sounds strange, but the story actually happened. Um, one of the the traumas that my my wife went through when she was younger, and it was. It was strange because, as we were, as we t- we were teenagers, I remembered hearing about this in passing. That um, when my wife was younger, one of her abusers um, uh, took her 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 blanket, her safety blanket, as you know, many kids would would have i mean my kids have and you know most kids either have a safety blanket or some kind of special animal or something right um but the abuser but the abuser uh, took that blanket and cut it up wow It, it was it was strange because um you know i had i had heard that when uh when we were younger and when we had first started dating someone someone had mentioned that um almost kind of as in in passing you know oh yeah he did that he was a jerk that was kind of how it was it was presented out well one uh someone on the inside and actually a lot of people on the inside that was a, a amazingly traumatic experience and came out to me looking for their blanket and um upset because they the blanket had been been um uh, had been cut up. What I didn't know at that point was that it was deeply tied to trauma, because it was um, they had had cut the blanket up, and then relate back to my wife or an insider back then, that that was what they could do to anyone, right. anyone who talked anyone who told. Right. So it was it was, you know, this compounding of this trauma around, you know, what should be a, a, a great and a beautiful piece of childhood. I mean, you know, like I said, my, my, my kids have their security blankets and their, their wubbies and stuffed animals and things like that. And, um, it just so happens that I still have my blanket from when, when I was a child and it was in a hope chest. So, um, the next time that that part came out, um, I gave them my blanket, the, the quilt that I had as a child, and it was um, another one of those healing moments um, where uh, it just took something that had been so traumatic and was making it right again. And I thought, you know what, this this story as a whole could be a great way for me to be able to talk to my kids so I uh, sat down and I, I started writing this story and um, I did my, my first rough draft version where uh, you know I, I grabbed clip art and uh, some ideas from, from online and typed up the text and uh, you know I gave that version to, to my wife and she sat and uh, she read it and she cried and she cried and she cried and said, this, this is, this is beautiful. I love this. And I said, really? And she said, she said, yes, you need to do something with this. I said, Okay. So, um, I, I reached out to, um, my niece who is, uh, uh in college and an illustrator. Uh, that's, oh, that's Megan amazing. Starling. And, uh, she, she is a, a fabulous artist. And, you know, being that she is in college was always always in need of in need of money for books, et cetera. And uh, she and I um, spent about a year going back and forth uh, working through the artwork and the story of, of the book. Uh, I've put it out uh, on a, a couple of the, the supporters of uh, did sites early on just to get their take, um, you know, to see, you know, does, is this, does this something that you guys think is needed? Is this, is this helpful to you? You know, any input or thoughts on it? And, uh, I I really had an overwhelmingly positive, response. I mean, pe- people were coming back and saying, yes, this, this is good. I, I didn't know how to have this conversation with my kids or, you know what, I've actually sat down with the, the PDF that you sent across Jeff and have looked at it with, with my kids. This has been a great way to talk. Um,
0: That's amazing. and
1: it, it's, it's, it's funny and light, but it's also serious. And, you know, I, I got great feedback that way. And I actually, you know, as I was doing it, you know, my, my, I wouldn't say, I guess I would say my, my understanding or my sensitivity around uh, dids has evolved. So I, I made some changes in the book to, to help um, what I think that the, the storyline to be a little more inclusive, you know? So, you know, there, there's, um, there's a line in it that says, uh, toward the end that says, I'm gathering up all of the parts. Which originally, when I had written it, it said, I'm gathering up all of my parts. But then, you know, as I, I thought about that and my understanding has grown where I was like, you know, this if i if I put my there, that that is a, a sense of ownership that I, I don't know. I don't think that's right. You know, good it, for it's you. good for you. So we I've made made some changes along along the way, um, so that it can be, very inclusive, you know, uh, for however people want to read and interpret the book, because as we were, we were talking before, you know, people get very sensitive around uh, words and terms. And I get that and I understand that. And I don't want, I don't want, um, you know, someone to get lost in getting stuck on something in the book. I want them to be able to use it as a starting point. to you know, talk with their family to, um, I've also had a, a number of people say, you know what, I don't have kids, but my internal kids love this.
0: That's amazing. What a gift. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I am just, uh, hopeful that, you know, it, it finds an audience. Um, you know, uh, I'll say this, the, I, I've had a particular moment this past week when, um, when uh, my father uh, came up to me and said, "You know, I, I read your book. You and Megan did a great job with that, and it really helped me understand. You should be very proud." And you know, as a son, I was like, "Yes," but even more so as as an author, which I'm, I'm I feel haughty saying that, but okay, as a storyteller, I, I felt very proud because it did what I wanted it to do
0: that's amazing
1: so you know that the, the next steps I, I'm I'm uh, working on trying to get an audio version and a little video version done that I can I can put out there so you know whether someone finds the book or finds the the video um whatever they however they find it if it's helpful then then I've done I've done my job um you know, I like I said, I uh, I was able to use it to, to really talk with my kids, and you know, my, my son was sitting with a copy on the floor reading. Um, so it, he, he's, as I said, he's just turned six. So I, it's a great way um, it's to normalize, and I, that that's what needs to happen. That's the discussion needs to not be um, not not be around. Uh, you know oh is is this person is this is this real is this fake? is this you know um is this the way it's portrayed in in TV you know is this like the movies you know and that that was the other thing that kept bubbling up with me is the uh, all the things going on um you know in the Hollywood betrayals and you know I, I don't want that I don't want the Maury Povich to be the the baseline for for the discussion
0: right. you now
1: at least not with my kids
0: that's amazing it's really impressive and it's beautifully done beautifully done
1: thank you thank you thank you
0: well I love it and I so appreciate you telling us about it and I will put a link and more information about it up on the blog but also I appreciate you just sharing your love story it is beautiful And the experience of finding ways to show support and love through the whole process of discovering dissociative identity disorder as well as just loving her as a whole is just a beautiful beautiful example and you also dropped some pretty heavy pearls of wisdom that we're gonna have to process for a while so thank you for that as well
1: good I'm I very much enjoyed, enjoyed the discussion, and uh, uh, thank you so much for uh, for reaching out and having me on.
0: I'm so grateful. Thank you for listening. Your support of the podcast, the workbooks, and the community means so much to us as we try to create something together that's never been done before. Not like this. Connection brings healing, and you can join us on the community at www.systemspeakcommunity.com. We'll see you there.